procrastination, anxiety, low self-esteem, disorganization, insomnia, and even hoarding can be the surprising symptoms of perfectionism. I'm Joe. That guy right over there, he's Kurt. And we are Dudes in Progress. Every time I hear it, I still love that music. <laughs> it grows on you, doesn't it? I do like it. Because we had I one. I do like it. We picked out one the first time right after we were talking about picking music. And I was given the task to go out there and do that. And I was, I found one that I really liked. But what was it, like $50 or $60 to buy? And I was like, yeah. It's good. Yeah. And yeah. I, it, quite honestly, I still like that music better. If I, if I, was, if I were to compare apples to apples, I, know. I still like that first music better. But this is 95% as good. It's interesting how it grows on you. This one cost me $5. I know. I like uh, it. It was a bargain. I like it. Have you, ever, have you ever met a perfectionist, Kurt? Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw, I texted you, What's the, what are we going to do for a topic? I knew it was your week to pick one. We hadn't got a chance to really prep or talk about it. And I liked when you sent me this topic. Yeah, I said, that's something you and I have talked about. It's an interesting mindset. It's an interesting condition because you may not recognize a perfectionist just looking at them, just being a, being a part of their life. Because we think about a perfectionist and we think about somebody that is very well put together and everything is just in its place and everything has its, and they, their life is just going, well, perfect, right? Perfectionism has a whole gamut of, of symptoms and a whole gamut of results that uh, are mostly negative. But when I think about a perfectionist, I, I think about, man, I, perf- a perfection is something to strive for. Being a perfectionist, I mean, really, you want to you strive for that. You want things to be right. You want things to be good. You want things to be nice. You want things to be successful, right? I mean, striving for perfection is a good thing. Well, I don't think so. Now I was preparing for this episode, looking for a quote that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And as I was reading some of the quotes, one thing theme that came up was not to strive for perfectionism, but excellence. Cause no, you can't get perfect. Therein lies the problem. I recognize, I definitely recognize some perfectionism uh, in me and some perfectionist traits in me. This show might be a little shorter than, uh, than normal. We're going to uh, briefly go over perfectionism, and we might revisit this in another uh, in another episode because I think it's worthy of of exploring a little deeper than we might have time uh, for today. But uh, before we go into that, uh, just a reminder: we're going to have a win for the week at the uh, later on in the show. We're each going to share a resource and a quote. I've I've researched perfectionism not just for this show, but for a few years just to understand myself a little better. I don't know if you call it a personality trait, a mindset. Let's just call it one of those two things, a personality trait or a mindset. It's usually characterized by really striving for flawlessness and setting really excessively high standards for yourself, for yourself and for others around you. And that's where you can get into real trouble. It affects all areas of life, including my life, uh, work, relationships, appearance, my personal accomplishments. 
perfectionists often have, a, have an intense fear of making mistakes or falling short of expectations as they believe that their self-worth is dependent on meeting high standards, often unreasonably high standards. When I think about perfectionism, Kurt, I think about that nagging voice in the back of your head that either you're not ready because the time's not right, you're not ready because the, the environment's not right, you're not ready because you don't know enough, you're not ready when, because uh, you're not, uh, you, need a, you need more time, there's not enough time to do it. It's always about not being ready. And there's a tendency towards self-criticism and self-imposed pressure, persistent dissatisfaction with performance and achievements. Perfectionism, Kurt, it can be paralyzing, absolutely paralyzing. Um, perfectionists engage in all or nothing thinking. Either it's great or it's garbage, right? Either it's perfect mm. or it's garbage. Either, either you've done it completely right or it's a complete failure. And really struggle to accept and appreciate their own or others or other, even other people's in, imperfections. So that, that's kind of the, the a brief synopsis of, of perfectionism. It's, it's really rooted in, there's some self-esteem issues. It's rooted in how you are raised. There, there are lots of places that perfectionism can come. And I'm not one to really want to know where it came from. I, I, I tend to want to know what it is and what I can do about it. I picked up a book by uh, author Stephen Geis. The book is How to Become an Imperfectionist. Stephen emphasizes that perfectionism is rooted in the fear of failure and rejection. It's about not being good enough. Uh, perfectionists often believe that their worth as a person is directly tied to their ability to achieve perfection in all areas of their life. I was reading, I was, I was just about to ask, you took it right out of tip of my tongue because I w wasn't sure you were, gonna you were talking about symptoms and I was reading again some of these quotes and that's kind of where another topic or theme was it's a fear of failure mm -hmm. that, that is really the paral paralyzing thing instead of getting started yeah the fear of success that's a funny one too yeah the fear of success the fear of the fear of failure um, the fear of failure is, a, is probably the the biggest one, the fear of regret, the fear of regretting something rejection. Uh, yeah. The fear of rejection. I think about, I think the the most striking symptom, the most extreme symptom of perfectionism from what I've read is hoarding. Yeah. Because it is, it's rooted in perfectionism. It's rooted in somebody not being able to, to make that perfect decision to bring whatever they have to some kind of disposition. So they do nothing about it. It just sits there. They don't want to make a mistake. They don't want to regret getting, getting rid of that old broken game that nobody has or ever plays for because you never know somebody might need it and they don't want to have to regret that. Mm, okay. That's rooted. It's rooted in perfectionism, Kurt. Yeah. Because um, it goes, it smacks against everything that I thought about perfectionism because again, I thought about perfectionism as the person who is completely and perfectly put together and they, their life is perfect because they have set up their, the perfect life. And it's not. Perfectionism uh, can be debilitating. Mm. And like I said, one of the most extreme symptoms of perfectionism is, is hoarding. Yeah, I was thinking even a topic 
we're going to get into. We've got a guest coming on. We're supposed to be recording this coming weekend. But depression and anxiety. You know, you so much get disappointed when you're not perfect, when you produce something or do something that goes against that perfectionism. It can really take you down. If you've had a, that, that anxiety uh, can manifest itself, uh, the, the anxiety from perfectionism uh, can manifest itself in, in so many different ways. Uh, uh, you think about worst case scenarios. Uh, you're afraid to make a decision because you're afraid of making the wrong decision. You're afraid your decision won't be perfect. You're afraid of being ridiculed. You're, you're afraid of uh, your life imploding because you've made a wrong decision. Mm. That, 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 is, that is perfectionism. And the anxiety that comes from that uh, has a, has a, is rooted in perfectionism. I, I, think this is, I think perfectionism is a real challenge in our society today, Kurt, because uh, we think about social media, we think about Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and the lives that uh, that we're holding ourselves up to, we're holding a mirror. We're looking, we're looking at at Facebook like it should be a mirror, right? Like it should, our life should reflect what we're seeing on Facebook, mm. and that's just not real. People don't people don't portray their real lives on Instagram and on Facebook. It's all it's all filtered, right? Yeah, well, they rise up to things you're only seeing the good stuff a lot of right. times and right. not just, not just social media. Of course it's media, it's commercials. We're bombarded with everything. People's lives look perfect. Even in drug commercials, <laughs> they're all having a good time talking about right. some right. debilitating disease or something. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, it, it, in this book, guys challenges the notion of perfectionism. And he does a really good job of proposing an alternative approach that he calls simply imperfectionism, striving for imperfection, making imperfection your goal. And he suggests in the book that embracing imperfection and focusing on progress, you ready for this line? Focusing on progress rather than perfection can lead to greater self-acceptance, increased motivation. And really a more fulfilling life. Uh, just let go of the need for perfection. Uh, we can experience freedom from constant pressure and self-imposed limitations and the self-imposed limitations of perfectionism. And there's really a pivot point here. And he goes through some very simple bullet points. And I want to discuss briefly each bullet point and let me, and, and you and I just kind of talk about what we take away from that, just from that bullet point. Uh, but perfectionism and imperfectionism are determined by what we care about. That's the thing. What do we care about? And this following list of, of bullet points shows us what cares to have and what cares to have not in order to be an per- imperfectionist. And if you follow these simple, these simple rules, uh, he guarantees a happier life. So let's go through these bullet points. Care less about results and care more about putting in the work. We have talked about this one to think more about the process. Make sure, if you set up a process, then work that process and care about 
the fact that you're doing the process. Like in this, I'm working right now on my certification, the Microsoft certification I'm working on, and I have a process to study. I have a very specific way I'm studying. I did the videos and now I'm doing a practice test and I'm, I'm tweaking it a little bit here and there. Like I've gone through, I told you, I've actually done horrible. If you want to use the grading, <laughs> if I was being a perfectionist, I should be getting 80 or above on these tests as I'm doing them. I'm getting like 60s I'm up to. And, but the process is the same to every day, spend 30 minutes to an hour doing this practice test and studying this information. And as long as I'm sticking to the process, I should be happy about that. Don't worry about the failures that I'm doing. As I, as I read ahead, these bullet points, uh, it just, it just proves that wisdom is universal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's ancient and it's contemporary. When we look about, when we look at these things, we've, we've read them in lots of books. Uh, some people do a different twist on them, but this wisdom is universal. So why do, when I think about this universal wisdom, this ancient and contemporary wisdom, why is it so hard, right? <laughs> why is it so hard to care less about results and care more about the putting in, in the work? I think it's, I think it's just practice. You just got to continue, continue to stay in the game. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's easy. Right. I was also thinking of Thomas Edison when he was, of course, one of our greatest inventors of all time. And they were asking him, how do you deal with all the failures, failure after failure after failure, thousands of failures? He said, well, I've just found a thousand ways that don't work. Yep. <laughs> yep. Sooner or awesome. later, I'm going to find the one that does. Awesome. And that, could, that brings us to our next one. Care less about problems care more about making progress despite of them or if you must fix something focused on focus on the solution care less about the problem i I think you have to recognize the problem when you're in a process you have to recognize that hey this process isn't working it needs to be tweaked but once you once you recognize the problem shift your focus to the solution and and your focus to making progress and not on the problem itself yeah, the people that are good problem solvers are really the people who make good money. <laughs> you can solve problems. That's what I, my boss one time said that to me a long time ago, getting into some technical computer work. And he would always look at me and I'd say, I said, I don't know. I don't know if we can do that. That's, that's pretty tough. And he said, well, if I could do it, I would do it myself. <laughs> That's what I got you for. Right. <laughs> if it was easy, I would do it. Because you're so, a problem solver, right? Yeah. yeah definitely. I, I had the ability to solve those problems. Yeah. So care less about problems, care more about making progress despite them. Uh, or if you must fix something, focus on the solution. You have to recognize the problem. We said that. Uh, but once you recognize it, how are you making progress to fixing the problem? Or just ignoring it and moving forward. Say, yeah, there's a problem. I'm still going to move forward, right? That, that's an option, isn't it? That's so true. You know, I'm, right now I'm working on an application and people will bring up problems. And 
what we're doing right now is we're taking feedback. We're collecting the feedback. And just because someone identifies a problem, that doesn't mean that you drop everything and go fix it. It's not a very efficient way to work. Right. It's better to collect them all. And then as a team, we're going to settle in and prioritize these problems and pick the ones that have the biggest impact that we think. I mean, there's some that are obvious. If something doesn't work, you got to stopping people from work. That's a, that's a problem you got to work on right away. But a lot of these are personal nuances too. Sometimes, Right. right. Opinions, not necessarily yeah. a problem. Right. The next one is care less about what other people think. How about that for a segue? Care less about what other people think. Care more about who you want to be and what you want to do. Care less about what other people think. That is so hard because we are, you know, we, we are human beings that are engaged and interact with each other. And we, we kind of hold ourselves to the standards of other people around us, right? And especially if they're people who we care deeply about, uh, we care about what they think. But sometimes you have to set that aside. You have to set, set aside what other people think. I know, Kurt, sometimes you get hung up on negative reviews, right? Yeah, uh, I take on, it personal and almost immediately. Right. I mean, I think I'm getting a little better than that. Doing podcasts like this helps out i've you know to get feedback actually helps <laughs> if, if you're not sticking your neck out there you're not going to get any feedback when you're doing right. podcasting there's a chance somebody might not like what you're doing and say it out loud and they like doing that but there's times when even if it's a personal attack of some sort you can sit back and go hmm does this have merit? Is there something, could I improve something? I'm try to take the emotion out of it. Right. Take what, take, take it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just a jerk being a jerk, but sometimes <laughs> they're, sometimes they might, they might have a point as I'm reading, as I'm reading this bullet bullet point, Kurt, uh, the perfectionist is coming out in me and I'll tell you how, okay, let's read this again. Care less about what other people think. Care more about who you want to be and what you want to do. So here's where the perfectionist comes out in me. What if I don't know who I want to be and what I want to do? What if I'm not completely convinced with complete knowledge, with complete confidence of what, of what I want to be and what I want to do? Okay. Well, I, that, that locks me up right there, right? Mm, yeah. That locks me up. It, so I look at this. I look at this and I recognize, I recognize this a lot. And I notice that I do this uh, when we're talking about these subjects is I will recognize when something will lock people up. And this is one of those statements that might lock people up. Uh, just if you don't know who you want to be, who do you think you want to be? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. If you had to, if you had to just make it up, if you had to just guess, who do you think you want to be and move in that direction? Because if, it, it, because stagnation is the worst thing, right? To just to stand there and wait. Who do you think you want to be? What do you think you want to do? And move in that direction. If it's not, if it, if it, if it's not in your, your groove, you'll find out soon enough and you can pivot and move, but care less about what other people think and care more about what you want to be and what you want to do. So the next one is care less about 
doing it right. Oh, this will preach. Care less about doing it right. Care more about doing it at all. Yeah. Wow. Well, we've t- we say this in our podcast at the end, right? That's our sign off. Right. We'll try to do better in the next time. <laughs> yep. Because we know we've we've screwed something up this time, right? <laughs> we make mistakes, Joe. <laughs> we do. We don't. Oh always yeah. Do it right. <laughs> absolutely absolutely call us out because we'll we'll laugh send us a note (laughs) we'll joke we'll 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 apologize next week but eliminate the idea of doing it right just do it just do something just just move forward heck move backwards move sideways (laughs) it doesn't matter move i know it taking action will always be the right thing to do I know you talk a lot about your podcast, Kurt, but I also did a daily podcast uh, called uh, The Simple Joe. And I started that podcast uh, just to practice podcasting, just to not do it right, to be an imperfectionist, really, just to get on the microphone every day and see what happens. And man, I grew as a podcaster. I grew as a person. I, it, it was one of the most significant things I've ever done in my life wow. to do that every single day for a year. Didn't miss one because right. I cared less about doing it right. And I cared more about just doing it. Yeah. The commitment to do something every single day. I think that was one of the things you were really proud of, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. No, just, no just doing what. it every single day. Sometimes they were, sometimes they were half hour of deep conversations. Sometimes it was just me squeezing it in, squeezing it in while, while I was on vacation walking on the beach, talking into a, a portable microphone and then yeah. uploading it, you know? you know, and you think of creators, the other thing that's going through my mind if you, and you and I love music and how many examples are out there of songs that were created. I mean, I bet you every artist, if you listen to interviews of them, what they thought was great <laughs> wasn't the song that the audience clung on to i mean i'm, I'm thinking i'm gonna go see rod stewart this summer my daughter and i are gonna go see rod stewart and they're playing with cheap trick and mag maggie maggie may was the flip side when they used to do singles of another song and they hardly used to i don't know some dj must have flipped the song you know the single over <laughs> and played it and that was a song that took off so the artist this happens all the time with music. So that's care less about doing it right. Care more about doing it at all. Care less about failure. Care more about success. And I'm not sure I like how, how he worded this. I think you, you should care less about failure. But, but I think it should be more of care, more like the first bullet point. Care about just putting in the work. Setting failure aside. Just take action. And you can define taking act success by just taking action, but care less about failure, care more about success. Well, then it gets down to me. I, I, I'm totally getting what you're throwing down there, Joe. For me, then you got to define what, what is success? Is it more, 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 more? I was listening to a podcast this morning, one that you like on, from the minimalists too. They were talking a little bit about, you know, they weren't necessarily talking about to, to define success, but 
and we, I think it was on the book I was, we were talking about the Dave Mustaine story where he thought, you know, success was beating Metallica, but right, not, not, not it, the healthiest, but, but and it, what does, what does beat mean? So define success. And I would define success. Uh, and now there's lots of, there's lots of nice sayings about defining success, but, uh, I, I think success is is task or event uh, specific. But generally, if you're going to care less about, f- less about failure and care more about success, I would just define success as taking action. If you've taken one step, you've succeeded. And I, I like the idea of, of making, making success the bare minimum. What, what do you consider success? If you get up, if you want to start being a runner, what would you consider success today? Maybe success is just, and this is my whole problem with goals. Uh, maybe success is just running 50 feet, jogging 50 feet, maybe right, walking 50 feet. I know. Maybe that's it. And you do that for a month and maybe you go 55 the next, and then you, you make incremental successes one on top of another. Another story and, you're, and, to, you, and you set aside and you set aside failure and you care more about the success of taking action. I a hundred percent agree. And I wanted to bring this story to you guys last week in the book title that shall not be named this week, but <laughs> in comparison to the Dave Mustaine story and well, was the story in comparison was Pete best. Joe, do you know who Pete mm. Best was? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Who just to Pete prove Best? that, just to prove that I know, <laughs> yeah. he was the original drummer for the Beatles, and he was fired uh, because the uh, they thought rumor is it rumor has it that Pete Best was fired uh, because the rest of the band thought he was too good looking and would would pull attention away from the rest of the band uh and they found ringo star who not, not as good looking. Yeah. <laughs> and, but ringo Starr's a good drummer in his yeah. own right and i think that at when all was said and done uh it's uh when all was when all said and done uh he was a better fit for the personality of the band but pete best was the original drummer for arguably arguably the greatest rock and roll band of all time until he was fired. So that would be considered a failure. I'm right. sure, you know, they interviewed him years and years afterwards and he doesn't regret a thing. He defined a success really through a beautiful wife that he met and had, a, has had a long-term relationship with a family that he is really proud of and some of the other accomplishments and really if you think of some of the things that the Beatles went through, that success, you know, John Lennon ran from that success mm-hmm. to some extent. You listen to him. He was all about getting away from all that craziness and trying to find a life of seclusion a little bit more and peace and quiet where Pete Best had that and really was feeling very happy with how his life has turned out. So. So care less about failure, care more about success. And finally, care less about timing 
and care more about the task. We all wait for the timing to be perfect, right? And timing can be defined in many ways. The, the time of our life, maybe we feel like we're too young or we're too old, uh, or, we could, or we can feel like uh, the timing, I, I'm, my life isn't set up an, an well enough yet. I don't have enough money in the bank to take this risk, or I don't have enough, uh, I don't, it's not, uh, I'm, I need to wait for my kids to, to be grown, or I need to wait to have kids before that, or I need to wait till I get through school uh, before I can do anything. Care less about timing and care more about the task. And you can take that task. You may feel like it's not the ideal time in your life, but Kurt, let me ask you this. And I know you, you know, the answer to this question, but, but play along anyway. When's the best time to plant a tree? (laughs) 20 years ago. When's the second best time to plant a tree? Right now. Right now. (laughs) Yep. So true. So if 20 years has passed and you haven't planted your tree, the best time is to do it right now because 20 years are going to go by and you're going to look at this moment and you're going to wish you planted that tree. So care less about timing, care more about the task, about taking action, a small step. Yeah. I think if you're passionate about something, if you've come to that realization and it's easy for me to say now because I don't have the busy as busy a lifestyle I had with three kids with school activities and all the evening things. But that was my priority. That was my goal. That is what I wanted to do. I was doing the coaching and all of those things. But I'll tell you, if you've got a burning passion of something, I think of people that want to do something creative. You can find the time, little, little bits and pieces. You can learn the craft and then it might get easier when your kids are little further grown or down the road. It's tough when they're all little. When I had three kids and they were, you know, newborn to four years old, it's hard to think about anything else. We can always think about when the timing's not right. Mm. We can always think about, we can always make excuses for it not being the right time. Uh, even, even way back then when you didn't think you had time, if you, if you really wanted to do something, you could chisel out 15 minutes a day. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or, or a I'm half saying. an hour, or a half an hour, yeah, or a half an hour a week. You know, I'll tell you something I did do definitely even back in those busy days was I invested in my education and went back to school at night. Mm-hmm. I was doing night school programming classes, studying for tests and also certifications even back then, and that, yeah, that served me well. So I, I did focus on that, and I was able to do both. And the timing wasn't perfect, was no, it? No, for sure. Absolutely. So in general, the idea behind imperfectionism really is not to care so much about conditions or results. Uh, just care more about what you can do right now to move forward with, with your identity, with who you are, with your life, and however that's defined right now. And if you don't have a def- definition for your life right now, make one up. Guess. Give it your best guess right now, and you can, you can fix that as you, as you move forward. I don't know what I'm going to do with this book, Kurt. I, I, I think I might revisit imperfectionism and the idea of, of getting over perfectionism. And if I do explore it, it's completely self-serving because I recognize myself <laughs> in, in a lot of this. 
And I, and I, I gotta believe if I recognize myself as a perfectionist, uh, there's gotta be a lot of other people out there, uh, that will recognize themselves. And we, we certainly hope we can help them. What's going on over in the dudes in progress community, Kurt? Well, Joe, we had an email from a listener, Kayleen. She says, hi, Kurt and Joe, just listen to your podcast. It was a subject that I am very interested in. This was the episode we did on meditation. Mm -hmm. And she was so excited to hear that we had something to say on this topic. She listened to the 10% Happier podcast that you mentioned. She hasn't read the book, but she's going to get it now. And she just thanks us for giving us our honest opinion on the subject. And she Fantastic. loves listening to the both of us. So thank Fantastic. you, Kayleen. Yeah, we, we appreciate, appreciate you feedback. listening. Yeah. We appreciate you. Do you have a win for the week, Kurt? I do, Joe. We were talking about this weekend. It was a holiday weekend, Memorial Day weekend here in the States. And we had Monday off. I just had a great weekend. Got, some, got my garden in, first of all, Joe. I like doing my tomatoes, cucumbers. I'm pretty happy with that progress and the yard work and like that. But you always talk about spending time with your family and your daughters. Well, I've got a daughter and she treats me many times. I think I mentioned that before. And she is huge on Broadway shows in New York City. So we went in on the train this weekend on Saturday. We saw a show called Chicago, which is the longest running musical Broadway show in New York City and had a fantastic time. It goes by so fast. I can't believe how the day goes by, but we just had a great day, got home at a decent hour. And it's so fun that her and I can spend time going into New York City, seeing something, especially now she's turned me into a theater geek. So I'm loving it. It was a good show too. Yep. Love spending time with my kids. You're right. And, and when you're, when your adult kids want to spend time with you, when they invite you places to spend time with them, uh, you've done, you're doing something special. And we had and front row seats. Awesome. <laughs> the, the actors were right there. Even one of the characters was winking at me during the show. You know, That's so. cool. Did you blush? <laughs> I was. I was looking at Lindsay <laughs> laughing and she was laughing back at me. It was, we just have, I, I can't believe this. I'm such a rocker, you know, big burly guy. And I am into show tunes now and Broadway shows, yeah. a theater nerd, as we call me. Nice. Having fun. Nice. I know that we don't have a, of course, we don't, right now we don't have a formal 30 day challenge, but you're, uh, you're, you're working on something, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm working the process. I spent more than an hour today. I take a practice test and there's like 130 questions. I try to, my process now is to do 30 at least every day. And one thing I did now that I've done at least four of those tests and I've only had the test for a week, I am going in now. One thing I did the second half of an hour was look at the questions that I got wrong and I'm studying those. And that's, what's really going to help me to improve going into more detail. And the, the ones that a lot of them, I don't, I've not understood that they're being part of the test. So yeah. Are you noticing a theme in those questions that you've gotten wrong? Uh, well, there's certain a topics theme or, so, or topic that you can, that, yeah. like by studying this one topic, you may, Correct. you may knock out 50% of the ones you're, you've gotten wrong. Yeah. So they'll, they'll tell you actually, they're all top topic based. 
there's different, it's a fairly, I'll call it a large platform with several topics and they categorize those and then they tell you what percentage you got right or wrong. So you can definitely focus in on your weakest areas. So it's really great for studying. It's a great, I think it's a great process. So I'm loving the process. I'm not doing great in the answers yet. So stay in touch. We'll see how I make out as I plow through this. We're cheering you on, Kurt. Thanks, Bill. The whole community. We're cheering you on, bud. How about a resource? My, so you're not going to give your win for the week? Oh, I didn't give my win for the week. We went, we went straight in. <laughs> didn't going we? Right I'm, I'm sorry. Me. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry about that. That's not our pattern. That's not yeah, the process, that's, Joe. Man, that's, that, I screwed it all up. Let's just quit now. <laughs> <laughs> we I've failed. Completely, we I've completely ruined the show. I failed. Imper- Why did I even bother getting up this morning? I suck so bad I can't stand myself. <laughs> well, you can always have me to point those things out for you. <laughs> <laughs> so my win for the week is very similar to last week's win for the week. And uh we closed our office and warehouse uh this week. I is it all done? A, like it's it's ninety nine point five percent done. What I mean by that is I have some personal items that are still there at the office that I have to, I have to get a truck and go pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we threw away so much stuff. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding, Kurt. I'll bet wow. you we threw away $25,000 worth of stuff. No kidding. Computer gear. Right. And, and monitors. Right. And tools and, and wow. desks and dividers and shelving. I mean, it just because you, you know, you, you, we have to be out. There's no place to go with it. Wow. You, you can't take the time to call somebody and say, hey, do you want this? Right. And it just ends up, ends up in a dumpster. You had to be out. And yeah, it, it just ended up in a dumpster. And, but that's, the, that's where perfectionism came in with me because everything I'm thinking to myself, this is still good. This is still good. Let's right. set that to the side. And I reached a point where I'm like, I had to just throw it away. Just throw it away. Now there, there may be, you know, $20,000 worth of stuff in that dumpster that I actually paid $500 for. Um, and I hired a laborer, uh, to help me throw it away. But I, that what the task at hand was to move and, and laboring over what these things are and the value of these things was, did not, uh, did not move me closer to my task at hand. So it just went right. to the garbage. Uh, so I closed the office and warehouse and transitioned our staff to 100% remote work. Are you excited for that? Uh, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I could have good. Cause your commute it's was 45 40, about 40 minutes. Yeah. yeah. 40 minutes on your typical, All right, your typical gonna, traffic day. I'm going to stay in touch with you. See how your transition works out. Yeah. Starts tomorrow. How about yeah. your resource? My resource, because it was the start of the summer, the barbecue season is here. And I have built myself two years ago. I got for Christmas a ugly drum smoker kit. This is a 55 gallon drum. I bought the drum separately off of Craigslist, but the parts to build the kit were from a site called UDS, UD, yeah, UDSparts.com for Ugly Drum Smoker. And Joe, this smoker, I love this thing. And it makes the best pork ribs ever. 
it's so easy to set and forget it. And it's maybe sometime we'll go into details about barbecuing on an ugly drum smoker. And I've, I can remember after putting it together, watching one of those television shows of barbecue masters, pit masters and competitions. And I heard one of those guys say, you know, they have lots of smokers in their arsenal, but they all love the 55 gallon drum smoker. And there's something in the technology there that just makes it great. So yeah, if you ever want to build one, there's a kit for like a hundred dollars is the one I have you can spend more, but it's pretty easy to put together and it's the best smoker and easiest thing to do. And it be a lot cheaper than buying something from Weber. It costs. I love smoked meat. I love smoked meat, Kurt. So, yeah. so I'm, I had to bring that up cause I did ribs this weekend and they were fantastic. Awesome. Your resource. Well, I kind of copped out on this one. I'm going to use uh, the book I've been reading by Stephen Geis, How to Be an Imperfectionist, The New Way to Self-Acceptance, Fearless Living, and Freedom from Perfectionism by Stephen Geis. Did G-Y-S-E. you finish the book? I did. Okay. Oh, okay. I did. But right. I'm, I'm kind of leafing right. through it again and okay. uh, l- learning stuff that uh, I didn't catch, didn't catch before. So cool. that's, my, that's my resource, How to Be an Imperfectionist by Stephen Geis. My quote for the week is, I'm glad that I am not perfect. I would be bored to death. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 Louise awesome. Fitzhugh, Harriet the Spy. I'm not who, sure who she is, but I liked her humor on that. That's, a, that's really wise. It, it, that, that's a wise quote right there. Because if you think about it, Spice if everything was just perfect... <laughs> They're boring. There wouldn't be, there'd be no challenges. <laughs> It'd be boring. And we're going to wrap up with, with a quote from a, a guy that I know, kind of. He was on my show when I did a show called On Faith Sedge. Uh, his name's Dan Miller. He wrote a book called 48 Days to the Work You Love, Pre- Preparing for the New Normal. Perfectionism is not as much the desire for excellence as it is the fear of failure couched in procrastination. Wow. That's deep. That says it all right there. The fear of failure couched in procrastination, just waiting for the perfect time, the perfect moment. I think that quote hit every topic I was reading through in the quotes I was trying to find. Yeah. We're going to wrap it up right there. Progress is better than perfection. So keep moving forward. Let's try to do better the next time, Joe. We made some mistakes this week. Guys, let us know. If we do something wrong, we'd love to hear your feedback. Talk to you soon, my friend.